Welcome to the Student Ministry Matters podcast. We want to encourage, equip, and connect those with a passion to impact the next generation for Jesus Christ. Student ministry can be a lonely place. You might even feel like you're the only one in your church or community that cares about students. Well, know this, you're not alone. People all across the country are engaging Gen Z and care deeply about the spiritual direction of these young men and women. Whether you're full-time, part-time, bivocational, or volunteer, if you have a heart for students, this is the place for you. Welcome to the podcast, and we're thrilled that you've joined us for another conversation about student ministry. Now, in today's podcast, we're going to talk about something that's definitely at the heart of most student ministries. It's that issue of discipleship. If you've been around long enough in any ministry, you would have seen the desperate need we all have for discipleship. Discipleship, simply put, is someone spending time and energy investing in other believers to help them learn and grow in Jesus Christ. They do this typically by learning from godly saints in the local church. So today we want to brainstorm and talk through creative ways to disciple your students and just simply bring glory to King Jesus. Discipleship is at the heart of what we do. In a recent podcast, we talked with Andy Comer, and it was just discipleship is what Jesus was about. So that's what we want to be about. And so I am excited uh, to talk to these guys. I've got Chris Vines and Micah Powell with me again. Guys, welcome back. It's good to be What's here, up, man? man. What's up? So what has God been doing in your lives this week? Chris, let's start with you. Dude, I, I'm going to have to dip back into last week because I had a blur. I, I was I was given the, uh, the, the privilege of preaching a revival service at a church um, back in my hometown, uh, the big city of Buckner, Arkansas. And uh, anyways... So yeah, it was it was fun. It was not my home church. It was a different church, but um, had a lot of familiar faces there. Uh, had several guests each night, but it was a it was a week long revival. It started at seven o'clock each night, and uh, so it was it was a long week. It was a great week, but it was a long week. And so um, started off this week a little bit slower, and uh, now currently being able to just take a little bit of a of a vacation with my family and some friends. Went up to a lake, and uh, that's. It's kind of where I'm podcasting from this week. So the Lord's Lord's been good. He blessed us with a great week of ministry last week and some rest this week. Yeah, for full disclosure, my uh, Chris is actually podcasting out of a McDonald's. In, what, what town are you in? I'm in the big city of Nashville, Arkansas. Nice. Yeah, Arkansas. Easy. Yeah. Yes, Arkansas. <laughs> we, in fact, we would always say, if, well, I say we, my dad would always say growing up, that uh, if you ever decided you were going to go to Nashville and try to make it big in the music industry, you might want to go to Nashville, Arkansas first because it's a shorter walk home. Wow. Nice. Wise guy. <laughs> How about you, Micah? What's been going on this week? Man, um, same, same kind of thing. i uh, just been really working construction, and I got a chance to share the gospel with somebody last week, which was awesome. And, you know, and most of the guys I'm around are – uh, either the bosses and they speak really good English, but some of the workers I've been working beside, man, they don't speak great English. So I've been brushing up in my Spanish and trying to find some weird creative ways, I guess, to to have an opportunity to share the Lord with them. And then, uh, you know, this last weekend, uh, um, my wife and I got to go to Kansas City and uh, to Midwestern and, and view the campus and um, just kind of get to know some people and um, spend kind of a little retreat, little getaway, you know, rest time together and 
and it was awesome. I really enjoyed it. And then uh, got to play music last night. Of course, work this week. Got to play some music last night at a local student ministry that needed some help. And so I played drums and uh, we I beat on some stuff with some sticks to the glory of God. How's that? <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> That's all, that is awesome. Well, this week has been kind of, well, it's been like all my weeks. Um, they've just kind of run together over these past few months. Um, still kind of dealing with my son's illness and some things like that. But one of the exciting things was today I, I had my own conversation with Midwestern. Um, I'm going to be begin. I'm going to begin my doctor of ministry program this fall. And so I was talking mm-hmm. with the, their offices up there and man, that's, it's exciting. It's kind of, you know, it's definitely scary. Um, but it definitely brings some life back into, um, well, you know, it's just been a hard period for us all. Um, between the pandemic, between the social unrest, um, all the different things that's been going on, it's been hard. And so when we find those moments of rest, like Chris gets out at the lake <laughs> or when Micah got his trip up to Midwestern um, or when I had just that, that conversation that was just life giving, when I had a chance to, to speak to some others that were about to begin this crazy journey um, that we're on. And so. Man, it's it's been a good couple of weeks. Um, it's been a crazy, crazy week. I think we're all in those places. Well, before we jump into our topic, you know, as we normally do, we have a uh, kind of a random question of the week. And so this week we are going to talk about, yeah, there's the drum roll. What is it? It is this. Um, what is your favorite Disney movie? Oh, goodness gracious. Now. Uh, <laughs> now I'm uh, assuming because I had Micah pick this one, uh, this question out. I'm assuming Pixar falls under the Disney. It does. It okay, does. good. They're yeah. owned by Disney, so yes. Do you know how many Disney movies there actually are? Six hundred and forty-two, working on forty-four. So, I'm just kidding. I don't know that. I'm <laughs> you just don't kidding. Know. <laughs> I just... Well, if you if you go to Disney Plus and you look at all the Disney movies that that they actually own now, it's kind of crazy. But we're talking really about the animated Disney movies that you might have seen growing up or had a. I don't know. You guys are younger. You may have only had DVDs. We had VHS. Um, and so just, a, that opportunity to, what do you like to watch now that you, you both have kids? What, what do they like to watch? What do they love to watch? Yeah. Um, so let's start with you, Chris, what's your favorite Disney movie? Okay. So I, I've got to clarify something. You said we're talking strictly animation. Ooh. Okay. Because I've got a movie in my head, but it's not animated. Ooh. Okay. Well, there are some Disney yeah. movies that are strictly Disney movies. You know, what I'm saying is if you go out on a, a limb, you're going to end up in Marvel movies sure. because technically they're owned by Disney or Star Wars even now is owned by Disney, yeah. but we're talking about Disney movies. Yeah, so yeah, what is it? All right. Heavyweights. Yes. I love you, Chris Vines. Dude, it's my top five. Oh, it's top. It's, it's up there, man. Is I'm that top. the camp oh. movie? Yeah, it's Fat Camp. Yes. <laughs> So, I mean, okay. that's not, there's nothing politi- politically correct about this Disney movie anymore, no, probably. Not at all. <laughs> Man, I tell you what, as a, as a fat kid growing up in Buckner, Arkansas, I loved heavyweights. And, uh, yeah, just really connected. Ben Stiller, by that's the way. Crazy. Ben Stiller was awesome in that movie. You know, he is. So if, if you're out there, you've never watched heavyweights, you're maybe wrinkling your eyes thinking, what in the world is he talking about? It, it's on Disney+. Plus. Totally worth getting a free trial or subscription to watch heavyweights. <laughs> I'm going to have to pull it back up because I remember seeing it. I liked it. Um, for me, I, I have a couple of, of Disney movies. I mean, I've, 
whole bunch. I mean, that's that's when you were when I was a kid back in the dark ages, you know, they'd release Disney movies and they would put them out in the theater, but then they would come back every seven years or so. Yeah. And so there were some movies you could only see in the theater. There wasn't a VHS when I was a little kid. So that was, that was my only choices, but actually the, the movie that I love and I'm a sucker for romance, I guess is beauty and the beast. Dude, um, my wife and I, my wife and I saw that, uh, when we were dating and it kind of became, you know, I'm the beast and she's the beauty. So there you go. <laughs> At least it wasn't the other way around. I, well, mean, I, yeah, I would hope so. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I might not live through that. <laughs> so so how about you, Micah? What's your favorite Disney movie? <laughs> oh, man, I, you know, it's so hard for me to like, you know, like for the music or for, you know, but I'll just say probably overall the Lion King. Uh, or Fantasia, like those two are really. I mean, that's that's tough for me. I, I mean, really, but The Lion King's probably one percent better for me. The score is just fantastic. That's a good. Yeah, one. The Lion King. That was another one that that was out during that period in the basically the early nineties. You had Little Mermaid, Beauty and the Beast, Lion King, Tarzan. I, you know, there, was, there was a series of different movies that came out, and it was it was all the rage. You know, we just loved going to see those but beauty and beast for me yeah so dan, well dan, hey dan i just yeah. thought, i thought i would just slip this one in there but i believe that the lion king was actually my very first movie to ever go see on the big screen as a kid i think i might have been so like three, you, three, three or four three or four three or four yeah and so. i was dating no i was married by that point i believe oh my gosh uh, <laughs> Anyway, we can sign. keep going. <laughs> you can keep going. Okay. Well, I appreciate that. I'll get out my cane and my glasses and well, I got my glasses on. That's the only way I can see my screen anymore. No, you're the All silver right. Okay. Well, let's hop into our topic. We're talking about discipleship. Um, it is kind of at the heart of what we do in the church. You could say everything that we do is discipleship in one way or another, but we want to get kind of specific um, as we talk today. Uh, discipleship can be an amazing thing in a student's life and in our lives. And it's such a blessing when someone gives up their time to pour into you like Christ poured into his uh, disciples. So discipleship can help us learn tremendous things from the Bible like salvation, joy, wisdom, strength, peace, endurance, contentment, and best of all, um, who God is. Now, with the right discipler, it can, you, you can guide someone. They can be guided um, into a fruitful decision-making, dealing with pain and tough situations. So today we don't want to just talk about discipleship and its importance, which, which we will. Um, we want to also brainstorm about creative ways to disciple our students in today's culture. So let's just start with Chris uh, today. Chris, what are some ways you disciple your students in your church? What does that look like at uh, Garrett Memorial Baptist Church? So I'm going to have to give a shorter version because obviously, like you said, this is such a, a big uh, discussion. And so to center in oh, on yeah. the, create, the, the creative ways that we do discipleship. For, for me, I, I want to first do something that is it's just helpful for me. And so maybe it'd be helpful for somebody else out there just to clarify some terms. And so yeah. when I think when I think about discipleship, I, I hear that word discipleship and I think about my own personal following of Christ, discipling. Uh, that's what I do with someone else. And that's what I want to encourage someone else to do. So I think we should all be on this road of discipleship personally, but then we should also be about the yeah. business of discipling others. And so in discipling, 
discipling is just simply put, I believe Mark Dever even said this in his short little nine marks book is helping others follow Jesus. So just a very simple definition. Of course, yeah. he, exp- he expands on it, but it helped. I think it's just helpful for this discussion to know in my mind, at least when I think about discipleship, those are kind of the, the, the streams of thought that are flowing. Um, so with that said, um, and, and just thinking about this topic in preparation, I, I was reading several different things and, you know, we could, we could certainly talk about creative programming and, and all of that kind of stuff. And I think that might have a place within this discussion. I think in terms of, of systems uh, and then, mm-hmm. you know, and then thinking as far as programs go, I don't think program is a dirty word, but I think, uh, you know, it can be used strategically within a particular system in order to make a disciple, in order to make disciples and having that kind of culture within our church. All right. So as I've laid that groundwork, just thinking about things that I believe are important within our than our youth ministry at Garrett, I believe that the word of God and them personally reading it, I believe that is something that is, is very, uh, very important for every believer in Christ, but especially for a, a teenager. And so I want to get them uh, taking in the Bible on their own. Okay. So uh, the the creative side of that is I I don't believe that the only way that we take in the word of God is by reading it. I believe that, I believe that we, we can listen to it. I believe that we can obviously have it preached to us in that way. So just a really practical, uh, I I give my students uh, the freedom say, Hey, you know what? Look, whenever you read scripture, don't be afraid to find some kind of, you know, a Bible app like uh, Dwell is a great one out there if you're familiar with it, where it actually is just it just is an audio Bible, but it's got music in the background of it, things like that. It's just very creative, and it's very it's, it's a very different approach. But it, for students, I've I've seen them just really kind of take a deep sigh of relief because so many of them are find reading just difficult right now, and and so it helps them to take in. God's word. I love that about Don Whitney's book, Spiritual, you know, Spiritual Disciplines of the Christian Life is he has two chapters in there all about Bible intake, you know, not not simply Bible reading. So the creative part of that is, you know, I try to I try to steer students to think outside of the box of maybe the norms, because if you ask them like, hey, how are you going to grow as a Christian? Most of them have the the uh, Sunday school answer down pat. You know, I need to I need to pray, read my Bible and go to church, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. And those are those are important. But helping them to see that just the mere checking those things off the list obviously does not at all earn them a gold star uh, in any way. And it doesn't automatically equal Christian success, you know. Uh, so there's right. uh, so there needs to be some creative outlets there. So but also in, in that whole idea, and I'm, I'm taking this 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 obviously this one thought of reading the Bible, taking in the Bible rather. Um, so listening to it, but also to meditate on it and to give them creative ways to meditate on the word of God. And so, cause a lot of times they don't even know what meditate means, but, uh, but I, so I give them, Hey, you know what? Think about creating a background graphic for your phone. You know, it's what I tell them to do just an option. So if they're trying to really soak in God's word, most of them have some type of, you know, creative app, whether it be on Instagram or something else where they can, you know, they can make a really fun background for their phone and they can put that put scripture there and so every time they open their phone scripture is right there looking right back at them and they're they're taking in god's word and that's a form of meditating on meditating on it letting it roll over, over their mind so that that allows them to be creative in their own sense however they want to do that but then also 
having them just write scripture down. So in the form of a journal and, and really, you know, I'm, I am horrible at, I don't know about you guys, but I am awful at trying to be like, like doodle within a journal or something like that. You know what I mean? You guys, yeah, you guys I mean, may do that. No, my but, wife uh, does, but I don't. <laughs> yeah. So, but just, you know, trying, trying to give them those ideas to think, Hey, look, you know, when you, when you take in God's word, it's not meant to be a dull experience. It's not meant to be a dull practice and, and habit of ours. It, it's it's meant to be something in, to, that we enjoy, and that we enjoy taking in God's word. And he's yes. he's created he's created us all differently, so that you know some some are much more technical. Hey, so let me let me just think about this real quick with you, uh, and then I'll shut up and, and we'll move on to somebody else talking. You know, I've got one kid in my youth group right now, and I love him to death. But I don't understand half the things he says because he is he is a a very analytical person. He loves math and he loves writing code on the computer. Oh, and so yeah. And so him, uh, it was him and, and several others who went to that revival with me uh, one night last week. And he had his little tablet and if he was writing code on it and stuff like that. And so I told him, I said, hey, man, I don't want you back here writing code all through my sermon. I said, but you can take sermon notes and put it in code form if you want to. And so that's exactly that's exactly what he did. Is <laughs> he he showed me afterwards? He was like he like showed me the screen. It was just like a bunch of text, you know. And he was like, Here, here, here's your sermon. I'm like, awesome, you know. And so, but that was a creative outlet for him, you know. And I, I, I was I was joking. I was being very sarcastic with him, but but he, you know, he that's his form of creativity. And so so my point is this, you know, take take that that means of grace that God has already given us, which is one of which being his word and, and a regular diet of his word, and then help kids see how they can use their own creativity to enjoy God's word. All right. So that anyway, that's one way that I, I try to spur on creativity within our students as far as helping them follow Jesus. Well, and, and what I'm hearing, you know, one of the ways that you help your students follow Jesus is getting them into the word. I mean, that's kind yes. of the big picture. And yes. then there are all those different ways, but that is you're, you're intentionally finding ways for them to do that. Absolutely. Yeah. Micah, how about you? I know that uh, you've been in a couple of different contexts. What did discipleship look like in those, those settings? You know, the norm for us through teaching and then small groups on a Wednesday night. So that they were getting that one-on-one -on -one version of, you know, what we want in discipleship, they were getting from the beginning, you know, they come into the student ministry, we would worship, we would pray together, we'd talk about things that were going on. And then we'd do a, a general gathering of uh, just preaching and going through the word of God. And, and then the, we had small group leaders that we'd break out into small groups. And so they would get another layer of discipleship, not just from me, from people that they signed up with as their leaders, that they valued their personality or their character or how they taught. And, and, and mm -hmm. they're able to go deeper. And, and, and it gave those teachers an opportunity to, to use the, the text of scripture that I kind of had broken down for, for them and through the material that we were using. And, and they could kind of give their, their hearts flair. And, and each of those small group leaders, there were six at one point, but that's kind of what we did on average. What generally was just try to create from Wednesday night, you know, one of the big experiences for student ministry that they were getting from the big group um, to a smaller group and then to a potentially on a one-on-one -on -one situation. 
you know, I, one, one thing I wanted to do with our small group leaders, just through the, you know, the lens of the local church, uh, specifically, specifically in the uh, Wednesday night program or ministry was even in the invitation after we've come back from small groups with, you know, the person they signed up for, I would have the small group leaders at the front so that they could have that moment. If it was reflection or, you know, invitation, or I, you know, it was just a response time that if they wanted to talk more about the lesson, then that was the setting that they were able to do that. And if they were, you know, felt like they were finished, then they could go outside and play. And, and uh, I, I didn't come up with this on my own, but there were some books that I read that were really helpful. Um, to, well, there's a, a lot of them, I think all, both, all three of us could mention book after book after book, but really two big things that really transformed uh, some of my um, ministry was The Lost Art of Disciple Making by uh, Dietrich Bonhoeffer. And then another, that was one I, I liked. And then another one was going to the Replicate Ministries um, Discipleship or the Discipleship Blueprint Conference there in, uh, in Tennessee. Um, and, and they basically instilled in us the, the passing the baton of discipleship by helping somebody else invest time into people. And, and, and so I came back and tried to plug some of those into our local ministries. And, and it was so funny as the creative aspect came from that typically after all of those things you know, like preach the word, like make sure that you're, you know, our teachers were living the word and passionate about what they were teaching. And, and then beyond that, you know, to be able to uh, have those small group leaders go to the students. And, you know, if they were like, I had a pharmacist be able to take a, one of her girls to out to coffee on like a Saturday morning. And, um, and, and, and the parents obviously knew about it. And we had all that worked out, but, and, and it gave, it was really cool to see. I mean, I guess you guys know it's really cool to see that enabling when you're when you're able to enable somebody to connect them to equip them to ministry, like that's really cool. And you're helping them, you're helping the Lord help them disciple somebody and help them grow in their walk. And uh, that that was probably my favorite thing to watch to unfold before my eyes. It's kind of what we see from Scripture, where you know these eleven disciples. You know, uh, right before Jesus in Matthew 28, like he's given them this charge. And then you see kind of the effects of that in Acts, you know, the Acts of the Apostles. And I really not like I felt like, you know, that was another day of Pentecost, but it was just a special thing to be able to see these these people that I was encouraging in the Lord to grow in their walk and to commit to him more and that they were going to those students and, and then out in the community one on one or uh, whatever that they were um, just just growing um, in their walk and, and investing in others. And that's what I think, just to be honest, what I want more than anything is for somebody to invest also in me. Cause that's how people have poured into me that are, you know, yeah. people that, that Hey, listen, there's people can disciple me that are younger. Like, let's just be clear. You know, it doesn't just have to be typically elderly or older than, than us. It can also be, man, my students taught me and discipled me in a lot of stuff that, you know, I, I had didn't see in myself or, and so I valued them that there was a, you know, what one young lady taught my wife, one of the biggest things we've learned uh, from adoption, we learned from her in one of our previous student ministries. But I think it's also, you have to, you have to be kind of intentional in creating that culture. And I think Chris hinted at that. Like there has to be some authenticity in discipling, because if you're not authentic with even your students that you struggle with sin and that you struggle with the same thing they struggle with, then they're going to really wrestle with the Christian life when they, when they leave you. And so authenticity. And then also, you know, um, that culture of discipleship, which really replicate ministries there in Tennessee taught me that it really needs to be intentional. Like you, some people can do it accidentally and do it well, but, but when you're intentional about it, when you, that, that student has the, the, the light bulb moment where they, you know, clicks in their head. Oh my gosh, I get this. Like I get what Jesus was doing and how he cares for us. 
it, it's it's better when it's more intentional because it's not like oh oh that this happened <laughs> like you just came to this miraculous knowledge of something i didn't know i was supposed to be teaching you it's like no i this we set out to do this from the beginning yeah and, and and this was our intention and so when they have that moment it creates intimacy with you know a brother or sister in christ that you're able to also help foster relationship and it also connects you that feeling that you know this exciting feeling that this young disciple or person has has grown and to see that like almost creates an, a local church intimacy that you feel closer to your local church you feel more united with your local church mm-hmm. more close and and that's exactly what jesus wants from discipleship is you know beyond all the terms and all the stuff that people are trying to change you know it's it's family church is family people need to be disciples because people need uh to know jesus and how to act like him and and to how to grow in him and it's all he's the dad he's our heavenly father and he wants us to go to him and it takes sometimes other people that are also christians living the right life uh, the, the godly life, a godly life, and uh, to, to be able to connect you to the church, the, the local church, and help create and foster deep, meaningful relationships within your, you know, the bride of Christ, your local church. Yeah. Well, you know, the one thing that that we know is that we were created for community, and part of that community is the uh, back and forth that we have, where others encourage us, they exhort us, and they help disciple us to become the followers of Christ that we need. Chris, you got something? Yeah, just just thinking about what Micah's saying. I mean, just the fact that we need each other within the church. You know, there's mm. there's that ongoing conversation that I, uh, amongst youth workers of the older generation pouring into the younger generation. And I, I know for for me at, at our church, I I really want to see the the kids in my student ministry man, rubbing shoulders with the older generation and in a very yeah. in, in a very intentional way, like Micah is saying. And so, just thinking about our topic of creativity, one thought that I've I've had and I've tried to do, and and it just it takes some organization, and I'm I'm still trying to get better at this, but it's connecting, like personally connecting our our older generation with the younger generation. And so, one way that I've tried to do that is is giving the the like our one of our adult Sunday school classes, maybe a senior, you know, a senior adult Sunday school class, giving them just contact cards of every one of our teenagers currently in the student ministry um, with a phone number of their parents, but just, you know, who the kid is, um, what what grade they're in, and maybe even what's one sport or activity that they're a part of so that that senior adult can just pray for them. And if they, if they, yeah. and if they want to, you know, occasionally call them and just say, Hey, they've been praying for you or anything like that. They have that option to do so. But I think that's a cool way of, of like what Micah's saying is just being intentional about helping our, our churches be unified from the oldest, even to the youngest. That's good. That's good. You know, one of the things that Micah mentioned was replicate. And I'm really excited that he mentioned that. It wasn't planned. Uh, but our student ministry workers retreat that we have scheduled for September 12th, and as long as COVID-19 doesn't push it uh, to a different date, Chris Swain, who is the director for that ministry, he works hand-in-hand with Robbie Gallaty. He's our speaker. He's coming in. He'll be talking about discipleship that whole day. Um, he'll be speaking, and then we're going to, have, of course, have breakouts, but all of that's connected. In fact, I'm hoping for us to hand out copies of their new book that is um, kind of a field guide 
as they work through that replicate that discipleship ministry in their churches. So I'd encourage you to check out our website, Student Ministry Matters, um, or you can go to our Facebook page or even the group, and you should be able to to find the event and to go check that out. And so if you have any questions, be sure send us an email, info at studentministrymatters.com. Well, one of the other things is that this past year, Sam Burig talked a little bit about discipleship. Not not a whole bunch, but a little bit as a part of our theme for the day. And one of the things that he talked about was that one-on-one relationship, guy with a guy, girl with a girl, an older Christian investing in a younger Christian. Now, maybe someone in their 30s, you know, pouring into someone in their teens or somebody in their 20s, pouring into a teen you know, of any age, or as what our Chris was talking about here is the the idea of an older saint, maybe someone who's in the, the Christian seniors or the forever young group at your church, whatever you guys call them, um, that is pouring into these students by praying for them, uh, sending them cards, uh, just offering encouraging words. All of that is a part of that discipleship program. You know, one of the things that I've struggled with is that I have not been intentional enough over the years as a discipler. I just haven't. In fact, I feel like looking back that I may have, I don't want to say failed, but I haven't done as good a job as I definitely could have. There were a few things along the way that I know that we worked on to try try to help come alongside parents and point our students in the right way. When we would gear up for SOAR, we would ask of them that they needed to read scripture, that they needed to memorize scripture. And there wasn't anything else that could help get them motivated towards that, but maybe this big trip coming up. And so it it caught on there for a while until the parents and some of the students were like, I don't want to do that anymore. That's hard. And it was a little frustrating because if you don't have parental support in this discipleship program, this discipleship lifestyle that you're trying to do, students can only go so far and then they'll stop. You know, the the students that I've seen that are now serving Christ after high school, um, after college, are the ones where their parents poured into them. And so it becomes about more than just discipling students, but figuring out how can I help disciple parents and then also disciple their kids. And so it's, it's rough. It's hard at times. Um, we want it to be better. I want it to be better. I've actually been following some of the, the things that we see with, um, with, uh, Chris Swain and the replicate ministry were with some of the younger guys, not, they're out of high school. They are at college age. Um, been using some of those things as we go, but man, it it can be hard. And so, just don't give up in this process. Mikey, you got something to add? Man, I just want to say you're. You know, I, I hear your heart, man, and you you you've discipled Chris and I. I mean, Chris would agree. Like during this podcast, like you have taught us both an insane amount. So whether intentional or not, I mean, again, like I was, you know, we you accidentally taught us but i mean i'm blessed and i know chris is too and i know many others probably are too you know that 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 you have produced you know that you were trying to produce this you know student ministry matters and what you've done and i just want to be an encouragement to you and um you know you're awesome you'll always be the silver fox always um (laughs) but uh going along with that you know it's never too late to disciple and that's where no, I always, that's where I land is, you know, people say, well, you know, I've, I've failed for, and I had a pastor and 
I, mean, I don't want to give names, but and I'm not going to, but um, I have had a pastor here recently said, man, you know, you always talk about discipleship and it really makes me, me feel kind of frustrated because, you know, everybody's saying discipleship, discipleship, but not telling us how to do it. And you're telling me I haven't been discipling for 30 years. And I was like, whoa, you know, and I said, hey, listen, like I'm not judging you. I'm saying that this is something we all need to be doing and a part of and intentional in. And, and, and I would love to brainstorm with you, but I haven't arrived in something. You know, we haven't arrived in anything. We're still learning to disciple. But here's the thing, it all, what it all comes down to is we are supposed to be making disciples. It's not just the church's job on Sunday and Wednesday and, okay, look, it's, it's their job. Let's let them do it. It's my job, Michael Powell, today. So when I go home, uh, you know, my, my son is not with us tonight, but I'm, I'm going to talk with my wife. We're going we're gonna to talk about things God is doing around 10 o'clock tonight um, and think she's learning her Bible study. And she's going to teach me from that Bible study what God is doing within her and what she feels God is leading her to. I'm going to do the same thing so I can hear from her. She can disciple me and, and help me grow. And she calls me out in my sin. Oh my gosh, you both know it's insane, but you know, she calls me out and she helps me go, Hey, and she's not just like shouting it in front of everybody, but she'll say, Hey, you know, I think you, you know, if you really want to be a a godly man, you know, here's some things I think that I'm, I'm concerned with. And I'm like, Tough to hear, babe. And I got to think about it, but she disciples me. And, and I, I'm able to, you know, if she asks, then in, in turn from that Bible study, you know, she'll say, man, I've really been convicted about this. You know, do you see this in me? And I can go, I, I do see a little bit, you know, and she goes, hmm. And she can think on that and I can disciple her. And it's just, it needs to be organic, you know, and, and that's just what I wanted to say is like, it doesn't have to be some crazy plan that you need two, five, ten years to to do. Like there needs to be a you know a, a a system which you work through to grow in your faith before you're able to fully disciple somebody. But I can be discipled by a teenager and they not know it. You know what I'm saying? Like unintentional passive discipleship. I have learned a lot from that, specifically from pastors. Like they may not know they were teaching me, and they whether they were rude or whatever, I was able to listen and go that's actually pretty good advice, you know? So it doesn't matter, you know, if you haven't done it and, and having that fear or struggle, it, it just matters that we should be doing it for, for the glory of God, for the right. kingdom. Right. Right. Chris, you got something to add? Yeah, man, that's, I mean, first off, I just, I think it's so good. I love hearing this. I get wrapped up just, you know, listening to two brothers just, you know, talk about discipleship in a very real way. And so it excites me. Um, Going back to something you said, Dan, just, you know, talking about how we how we as youth pastors creatively try to disciple our students. And so we may come up with certain processes or, or programs, you know, and, and it and we get so far in and then people just kind of, you know, check out and that kind of thing. You know, it, it, yeah. it that, can, that can be frustrating, especially whenever. As a youth pastor, I mean, you, you know that you you're pouring in a lot of energy into and thought and prayer into, you know, whatever that is, um, you know, and, and so we could we could probably all tell just different stories where we've tried to either start something um, and you know and it just kind of fizzles out because it just seems like people lose interest and and it's very easy um, as a as a just as a human being, but as you know as a youth pastor to begin to feel down on yourself as a, you know, just to think that, man, I'm just such a failure because whenever you get on Facebook Mm -hmm. or any kind of social media or anything like that, and you see, 
what so-and-so is doing down the street and you see the kind of turnout that they have in their programs or their processes, you're thinking, man, what am I even doing? You know? And so you can, you can, you know, it's just easy to get there. And I, and I wanted to say that not to, not to just kind of have a, a pity party or anything like that, but just to encourage anybody else out there to not give up. You know, if, if the Lord is leading you to, to disciple students, and I believe if you're called to being a pastor of a church to youth, then yes, you've been called to disciple students. You know, don't, don't give up. Don't, don't be trying to keep up with the Joneses. Do what the Lord has called you to do. But let me also just give this one encouragement is that we don't need to let our ministerial creativity hijack parental priority. So that's exactly mm, what you got. That's, that's exactly what you guys were saying is we have to remember that the, the, the call to disciple others comes within the family first. And so our roles as student pastors needs to be how to complement that, how to come alongside the families within our churches and help them in the process of making disciples of their kids. And so that, that changes the way that just changes the way that we do ministry. But we oftentimes, and, and you guys know, know this from, um, from just our own experience, man, we, we get into reading good books. We get to listening to great people teach and, and we see these great things that are going on in other places. And we start thinking about how that can, how that can be contextualized for us. And, and then we start building either processes or programs. And we think, man, this is going to be, this is going to be great. And, and we get really creative with that. And, and we may, like you said, Dan, we may even offer a trip at the end of it, you know, get them committed and make it go all year long and all this kind of thing. But we just have to remember that while that may be what needs to happen in our church. Maybe that's a great way to complement the families in our church. We just need to pay attention that that also has potential to hijack the real mission of coming alongside those parents because because it's very easy in our culture, especially in just Bible Belt America or, or just American Christianity in general, to have this drop-off mentality from parents. And if, if, we're, if we're just creating a quote unquote discipleship program. And then we're encouraging them to drop off their kids to be a part of that. Then we're, we're just kind of feeding the, feeding the beast, so to speak. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. That's oh yeah, man. Sense. One of the things that, that I've done recently and that I think that we've got to remember to do is to engage the parents as it, it can be from an email. It can be a text. It can be a phone call, a visit, any number of ways but go to your parents and ask them what's going on with your child spiritually. They're with them a lot more than we are. They may not have a clue, but if nothing else, you have sparked that thought. Oh, maybe I need to be thinking about that. I need to be looking into those things. Mm -hmm. And so it can be life changing. I had a conversation through email just recently about one of my students and it was just like, okay, thank you. Cause now I know, it's going to shape how I interact with that student and what that's going to look like and how I can better approach the ministry that God has called me to. Well, I know that we are, we could talk about this for hours and hours, and I do know that we want to spend another episode on this topic. Um, so we're going to come back to this. Um, there's more that we can definitely say, uh, more that I want us to, to say about this, um, but I, I want us to wrap up here at this point tonight. If you are interested in learning more about discipleship or if you would like to have some resources, please just reach out to us. You can, um, you'll find our email addresses there in the show notes. Um, but simply 
email info at studentministrymatters.com. You can also call or text anything we want to be able to share, brainstorm with you, help you through that process if you're struggling. And we're all struggling. We are in this together. We are student ministry guys who love students and either whether we are serving actively in our church right now or have just recently or in between ministries, none of those things matter. We care and we want to see you grow in your ministry. We love students, we care about them, and we want to see them become great disciples of Jesus. So we hope today's conversation has been useful as you seek to minister to the students in your life. And we do all of this. Why? Because student ministry matters. Thanks for listening to the Student Ministry Matters podcast. Get connected at studentministrymatters.com or follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Student Ministry Matters. Until next time, keep up the great work with your students because the work matters.